0: out there. Hope you all are doing good. We're coming to you with a new um, Dakota Boys Talk Movies tonight. We're going to be giving our thoughts on the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight Trilogy in anticipation of Batman v Superman coming out here soon at the end of this month. Uh, We have done a commentary for Tim Burton's Batman. We have discussed Man of Steel and this is going to be kind of our final dip into the water into doing this, I guess, before Batman v. Superman um, comes out here. So, it's just 10 days away, isn't it? 11 days away? From when we're recording this, yeah. Like 11? When did, is it coming on the 25th or 26th? That's 25th. 11 days from when we're filming. Oh, man. Recording this, however you want to put it. So, yeah, not too far. Not too far. So, we'll have to release this one soon. <laughs> so... Um Yeah, um there had kind of the nineties uh weren't the kindest to Batman. You had nineteen eighty nine, we had Batman, and Batman Returns was kind of It was interesting. It was something, and then you had the Joel <laughs> Schumacher films that basically defined uh movie Batman in the nineties and It wasn't in a pretty picture. You had Nipplegate. (laughs) You had Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. You You had Uma Thurman's terrible version of Poison Ivy. You had a terrible Bane. (laughs) Just nothing was good. Chris O'Donnell in the movie at all. (laughs) And especially Robin. It was just a mess. (laughs) Personally for me the weak point
1: was Alicia Silverstone
0: and then you had Alicia Silverstone as uh bad girl and uh so there was just the the 90s just weren't very kind to Batman to a point where Wonder Brothers just kind of took a break
1: but we all actually the horrible thing is uh they apparently were planning a sequel up until to uh Batman and Robin up until the movie came out (laughs) well i believe that they they had a script and um they were recording nick cage to play scarecrow who would actually make it on screen a few years later scarecrow the character not not
0: nicholas cage yeah (laughs) unfortunately he would as well so that would have been interesting that would have been interesting but there are things that just never came to fruition kind of like In there, you had Darren Aronofsky, almost get a Batman off the ground. Which, thank God, he didn't. And there were just kind of all these things that just never happened. And then somewhere around, oh, I don't know, 2004, Christopher Nolan was interested. And then he was, of course, just a guy named Christopher Nolan. Nobody really knew who he was unless you were a big fan of... Memento, Memento, or some people liked Insomnia, but he just wasn't the name he is today. And we got in 2006, right? Yeah. Yeah. Batman Begins, and it was a very apropos name for (laughs) that movie in terms of it was a new beginning for the Batman movies. It was also a complete kind of reimagining of just kind of superhero movies in general and kind of just changed the game ever since really is what he gives Batman begins just in a lot of ways. Yeah. The idea was to, to have a very world,
1: real world take on Batman. That's kind of,
0: yeah, that is a, that's a good thing to say about Christopher Nolan is he, he's not, one for fantastical he likes things very real world in his stuff like he it has to make logical sense to him or he's not gonna do it at all I mean there will be no penguin because it doesn't make any sense to me why there'd be a penguin looking man you know I mean it's just he's very like it has to be just completely believable (laughs) So, yeah, but yeah, he definitely was the one that kind of set them on that. Whether it's good or bad, that they all have a tendency to lean that way now. Um, set a lot of superhero movies on that trajectory of kind of real world. Do you think, Dakota, that Batman begins being a hit Um, kind of the the initial... Excitement for the Dark Knight coming out in 2008 and then when it did come out, helped spur Watchmen to happen when it did?
1: Um, yeah, I would definitely say so because Batman Begins kind of kind of up the ante in a lot of ways uh, for comic book movies. I mean, this is at a time when... We had gotten what was it the the two X Men movies Spider Man,
0: we would yeah we got two X Men movies before Batman Begins we would have had yeah the first two Sam Raimi Spider Mans, um Daredevil, yeah so we didn't really really get that
1: many comic book movies at that time, but studios were trying to make a ton of them and production values on them varied a lot. I mean...
0: Yeah, like drastically.
1: Yes. uh, You had um, Ang Lee supposedly just... Hey, the Hulk. ...making a really complex movie, and then the finished product was like, "Eh, okay. (laughs) Um, You had uh, uh, the the, uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which uh just really emphasize the lightheartedness of the character. Yeah, and, and from
0: the first one to the second one you can see there was a boost in the budget. Yeah. Where the special effects got a lot better in that second one.
1: And the interesting thing is Sam Raimi kind of embraced the campiness of of the villains, which I think is kind of Yeah. Um Green Goblin, of course, a lot of people uh tend to bring up the fact that he, he was a little <laughs> too he was a little too campy um Bri- avenge me. <laughs> Brian Singer especially tried to tried to place his heroes in a very real world setting. Um to the point where he actually just straight up said that you're probably never going to see a movie with Beast um Mystique and Nightcrawler in it just because that would be it would be there'd be too much makeup. And blue on the screen for people to really focus on what's going on in the movie. And here we are now, and all three of those characters are going to show up in an X-Men movie. And have. Yeah. Yep. But uh, it was was a different time from now. Yeah. Um, It seems like every few years kind of something happens to kind of up the ante in these comic book movies. And it all started here.
0: This is the one that really set a new precedent. 'Cause like but but again, Christopher Nolan will credit Brian Singer's X Men with why he started thinking that he'd be okay taking on Batman. Yeah. And so that's got kinda interesting to think about too, just because I think the fact that Brian Singer maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves for having a more reality based comic book movie. Like, let's put him in a world that isn't so fantastical. Yeah. See if we can make it work. Because, I mean, there isn't. Because he even jokes about the first X Men (laughs) where he has Cyclops say to Wolverine, What were you expecting, Yellow Spandex? You know? And it was like, you know, it was kind of like their way of saying to the audience, You know, we're not going to, we're not going that fantastical, you know?
1: Unfortunately, now you have all these fans who are saying, Okay, put away the. Put away the leather and don the yellow spandex already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's because we're we're inundated with spandex now. Yeah. It's where nobody thinks twice about it. Whereas Brian Singer was like, "I don't know, are you ready for spandex?" Because people have kind of been making fun of Superman for being so no. spandexy. Um, but now it's just part of the movie world is spandex. <laughs> yeah. Um, just kind of get back on
1: course. Um, Batman begins was to comic book movies what Casino Royale was to spy movies it kind of it kind of took things in a whole new direction and a lot of people are saying you shouldn't try to go back to the way um, I know the James Bond and those movie. are both that came on the same year yeah we had uh, the James Bond uh, movie Specter that kind of tried to bring back some of the classic Bond uh classic Bond tropes and a lot of people were kinda saying what why we, we've moved beyond that and you have other people saying Oh well good try but you just sucked at it so try again <laughs>
0: uh, Yeah, well yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is a that pretty much is kind of a good SAT answer <laughs> to <laughs> to what it is. But uh what what are your, like, Batman Begins, how did you feel about it? I think I think most people will agree it's a really well-done movie, but as far as a Batman movie, how do you feel about that movie, Dakota?
1: Oh, man. Um, to be honest, I was actually a little hesitant to, to go see this, which is why I didn't go see it when it came out. Uh, my birthday came around, and my friend was like, hey, let's go see a movie tonight. Let's go do something. So we went to go see it. And and the reason I was a little hesitant is well nobody nobody knew who Christopher Nolan was back then <laughs> yeah so and you, this is before yeah. they were
0: giving these multi million dollar movies to just any independent director like they do all the time now yeah but uh, yeah you just you
1: you didn't feel like you could trust him to give you a good movie and then the thing that put Christian Bale on everybody's map before this movie, was American Psycho. So you had some... Or Newsies. Oh, come on. <laughs> so you had the guy from American Psycho... Uh, or Newsies. <laughs> ...playing Batman, and he's British, and you're, you're just like, oh, man, do I, do I even want to see this movie? And I went to see it, and it, it kind of just floored me. Uh, from Gary Oldman's uh, turn as Commissioner Gordon... Who was was kind of a kind of a breath of fresh air because he wasn't just the old the old police policeman who would you know wore the the blue uniform and would tell his men book him or
0: yeah or wait for the red <laughs> phone to start ringing or something yeah but yeah he was um... well I think that is what uh what is interesting about this trilogy too is that. Every major supporting role is by an Oscar-caliber actor.
1: With the exception of Katie Holmes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and not only are they Oscar-caliber people or Oscar-nominated, Oscar-winning people, but they give performances in this movie that are really good, too. I mean, Liam Neeson, you know, playing his uh, kind of teacher... And then eventually find out is Ra's al Ghul. You know he's he's real good in that role. You know Morgan Freeman in the limited scrim- screen time he has. You just you kind of you wanted more of these these people. Um, they just did so good in those roles. Rutger Hauer.
1: Yeah, Rudger Hauer doing an amazing job. Didn't you get the memo? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and so I mean. I was really impressed with uh with this movie and 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 so there was a there was a time when you went did I just like it cuz it was better than Batman and Robin You know that's kind of your first thought after you saw this movie you know <laughs> yeah. When I saw it was new I was like was it really that good or was it just better than Batman <laughs> and Robin No it actually is good it actually is a good a good movie with a cool kind of hero origin story to it. You know, and that's another I I thought uh uh blanket Linus roach who played his father, yeah, playing know, Thomas like, Wayne. He has a small role, but you know, I really I thought his role as Thomas Wayne was really really good too and kind of how they kind of brought that those yeah. memory flashbacks in with him, you know, that would just worked well. And Michael Kane, <laughs> you know, uh he just nailed it. As Alfred, where, yeah, you just was like, yeah, with the exception of Katie Holmes, you're just like, wow, you know, they have to make another one of these, you know, and of course, they did. (laughs) And so, yeah, and so the first one, you know, Christopher Nolan says says how in the first one you want to deal with fear, which is why, you know, which is Bruce overcoming his own fear, embracing it, maybe be a better word and becoming the Batman protector of his city. And then, of course, what better villain to have for that? That you know, when you talk about fear, than Scarecrow? And of course, they had—is it Cillian or Killian? I think it's—I uh, think it's Sillian. <laughs> That's what everyone seems to say. Okay. Well, yeah, he he plays Scarecrow. And in—is fa- it now? Was did Christopher Nolan have a different role for him in mind initially? Um, he
1: he, he actually did try out for Bruce Wayne. That's he tried out for Bruce Wayne.
0: That would have been interesting.
1: Yeah. I think he would look good in those suit with those, uh, with his lips, just kind of, kind of enhancing the Batman profile. He's so
0: like, like he would have to do some serious bulking. (laughs) He's so kind of thin. Um, Tom Wilkinson. That's another one you bring up. He does a really good job. Um, He's a British guy playing an Italian mobster <laughs> yeah. very believably.
1: The, that was that was an interesting turn because before this he had actually garnered a, a ton of acclaim for uh, I can't even remember the movie he won an academy award for. And then uh he was of course in uh in Braveheart 2 Men in Pants also known as The Patriots.
0: Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah, brave Braveheart, two men in pants. Yes,
1: but uh, yeah, it was just it was an interesting turn from him uh, to see him wielding a gun, threatening to kill kill somebody in public just because he can.
0: Yeah, just <laughs> was like, bam. Nobody say anything. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, just a well rounded cast, and and just delivered a really solid movie that. You had uh, a villain that needed to be stopped, and but it also gave room for Batman to to come into uh, come into the fold once again, and and yeah, in a really cool way, a really exciting way. And then uh, all of a sudden, there was talk that there'd be a sequel, and everyone flipped out because <laughs> they said, "And playing the Joker will be." Heath Ledger! No! I'm <laughs> freaking out. Yeah, Heath Ledger? Ten things I hate about you, Heath Ledger?
1: <laughs> I, uh, A night's Tale? <laughs> I think most of the backlash was because he had just done Brokeback Mountain.
0: Yeah, The gay cowboy! And,
1: yeah. and uh, I mean, yes, the movie won an Academy Award and people loved it, but... <laughs>
0: it's, it also had a lot of detractors. Yeah. Well, for me, it, I didn't. It had nothing to do with Brokeback Mountain so much as it had to do with, like, it was hard to picture. I, did, I think part of it was, like, I felt like Heath Ledger was still too boyish. Yeah. To play the Joker. And just, like, you know, I don't know. Just, like, he didn't feel like he would uh, fit. But, of course, it was. Um, a time when we were all um glad to be wrong or the people who just didn't say anything and later went see i told you'd be okay it's like no you doubted too you just didn't say anything we all doubted
1: (laughs) yeah the the amazing thing about the dark knights is that the first trailer for the movie was just so awesome that's the only trailer they used for it with the exception of the ads on tv but yeah um what is it? We've had three, three, four trailers for uh, Batman v. Superman. Christopher Nolan decided, nope, I'm just going to make one awesome trailer, and that's what we're going to stick with. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he plays it pretty close to the chest, too, and so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, so, yeah, then you had this This movie came up, and, of course, in this movie, this is one where he dealt with chaos, and uh, um, Mike O'Kane sums it up best when when he gives a backstory something he dealt with as a young soldier of sorts mm-hmm. <laughs> um and he says how some men just like to watch the world burn and of course that's why they used it in the trailer Dakota's referring to because that is uh that is really what's happening in his movie is that the like Batman has to figure out how do I stop a villain that is sporadic (laughs) and and he's the worst kind of villain in terms of he has absolutely no scruples um you don't he has no care of who gets put in harm's way and so how do you stop a man like that is really what batman has to battle in this movie when it's just absolute Chaos. And then this movie we're also introduced to Katie Holmes' replacement, (laughs) played by Maggie Gyllenhaal.
1: Yeah, the transition between the two actresses was pretty seamless. I don't think anybody really...
0: (laughs) It was was seamless, but at the same time it was kind of jarring just because they don't look anything alike. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then we're also introduced to Harvey Dent, who has been in the comics for a, a long time um because he is the district attorney in Gotham City that eventually becomes Two-Face, which is what happens in this movie. Um and of course he basically seals his own fate with the line you either live long what is it? You live long enough to see yourself
1: you either die a hero or you live a- live your live long enough to see yourself become a villain.
0: Yeah. And kind of sealed his fate with that line where you're like well, he's becoming the villain for sure, even if you even if you weren't familiar with who Harvey Dent does become. Um But once again, it's just like well a lot of people consider it as just one of the best movies of ever. Some people just call it ever, some people call it of the two thousands, some people call it, you know, best movie of the decade. You know, whatever you want to call it. It it's a well done. Well done movie. The one thing that probably is lacking in this movie is Batman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, uh. This movie had a lot of character development, not a lot of it dealing with Bruce Wayne or Batman. It kind of. Not kinda... a
0: whole lot, because, well, there was so much that had to be done with the Joker's plotline and then Harvey Dent becoming Two Face.
1: Yeah. A lot of people were a little. One criticism of the film was that. The whole story with Two-Face probably should have been saved for another film.
0: Yeah, and yet that's part of what they used as the Joker's plan. (laughs) And so, yeah, I was just kind of, I don't know. Um, It's kind of one of those things where you end up kind of forgiving the movie's flaws because overall it's just uh, an entertaining movie, uh, a gripping movie and uh and memorable um to most people i think this is the most memorable the trilogy i have a uh soft spot for batman begins but a lot of people consider this the the best of the trilogy or most memorable one however you want to put it uh part of that is just due to the fact that he ledger died but even if he would have lived it would still be considered a great performance i'm sure. Would Um, he have won the Academy Award?
1: Though that's the real that
0: that's the real question is if he would have won the Academy Award if he would have lived,
1: because a lot of people think it was kind of just given to him, uh, kind of as a as a salute to. Sorry,
0: you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) And so yeah that that's kind of the that's kind of thing is you have the, the Dark Knight is just like ends up being a lot more of a complicated movie than Batman Begins because there's a lot more going on.
1: Yeah. Um, one thing one thing that kind of sticks out over the years, I still really love the movie, but some of the themes and some of the things people say kind of
0: get repetitive after a bit. Well, it's because uh, uh, Christopher Nolan has way too much uh, exposition in his movies. Yeah. And
1: I, I feel like that's probably the only real criticism I have. Um, but that's of any
0: of his movies. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, besides the fact that uh, yeah, I was a little steamed that Two Face did die even before he could really become Two Face.
0: Yeah, come become the true crime lord Two Face. <laughs> yeah, you 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 saw a little bit he
1: because you do see the he does take a couple people hostage and he flips the coin and there's some shooting of people and it was it was all I thought it was pretty intriguing to actually watch. But
0: again, I think it's Christopher Nolan keeping his movie in reality where he's probably like, well, how long can a guy with a half-burnt face really live? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Yep. But just as you think the movie can't get any fuller than this, 2012 comes along and out comes The Dark Knight Rises, which is even fuller yeah. of subplots and things going on and people to follow. And you kind of, the movie kind of ends and you're still a little dizzy from how many things well, yeah. go on in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, and not that it's a bad movie, but there's a lot going on. <laughs> I think
1: one thing. Um one thing that uh, kind of got to me that bothered me is uh, when we meet Bruce Wayne, he seems to be crippled, and they never really explain as to why. Well, he-, he
0: goes to the doctor, played by that short shorts guy from <laughs> Reno 911, and it's like he's basically ruined his knees doing ninja stuff, yeah. apparently.
1: Even though he was only Batman for like 18 months. <laughs>
0: and so... But how long was he overseas doing Batman-y things? Yeah, things as a League of Shadow guy? Anyway, well, the bad part is how they deal with it, with his magic knee braces. Yeah. <laughs> he mean... puts on magic knee braces, and all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. He can run just like he usually does, kick just like he usually does. In fact, when he puts on the magic knee brace, he can kick down a cement <laughs> pillar. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's the one distracting part. Um on to the good stuff. Right off the bat, we get to meet Selena Kyle working as a I don't know what to call her a server at this Yeah, she's
0: working as kind of one of the, the waitresses at a fancy dinner party at the Wayne Manor where Bruce doesn't show his face. <laughs> yeah. She Anne Hathaway did a pretty good job.
1: Uh, too, because she goes from kind of playing this, this awkward young lady to being this. (laughs) Yeah,
0: kind of in a matter of just 10 seconds, she goes from being like, oh, I'm a lost servant girl to, I can hold my own jewel thief. (laughs) Yeah, she pretty
1: much tells Bruce Wayne, I don't want to beat, I don't want to beat a cripple. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this movie kind of starts with, uh, is, how long many years is it supposed to be after Dark Knight? Was it eight? Oh. Like, isn't showed his face in like eight years or something? Yeah,
1: he's supposed to have been. Um, one of the comics that kind of inspired this was The Dark Knight Returns.
0: Right, because kind of what happened is, of course, if you're not familiar, the end of Dark Knight, it ends with um, Batman deciding he will take the blame for the terrible things that had happened in Gotham that Two-Face had actually done to make Harvey Dent seem like the hero that the hero so that they're basically making an elaborate lie so that they can help fight crime through the law system in Gotham. Yeah. Which... And so because of that, you know, Batman kind of disappears and it causes Bruce Wayne to become kind of a recluse.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because all of a sudden the, e- the city wasn't lurking full of evil people anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I one thing that one thing I think that really influenced how this movie played out was Heath Ledger's death, because um, Christopher Nolan said, in, "Under no uncertain terms, was he ever going to recast the Joker," because he felt Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger just did too good of a job. So that I think, in a way, kind of impacted um, what he wanted to do. Uh we finally we finally gotta see a really cool bane in this played by Tom Hardy, who looks like he you know, was having steroids for breakfast for about a year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what was weird was he's not only muscular, but he allowed himself to kinda get chubby, but he doesn't seem chubby because he's so <laughs> muscular. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was oh man. And for some reason, he was wearing the the mask that helped him breathe, uh, which is a pretty cool story as the interesting story, not cool as to how he got that way.
0: And he you sounded want to know how I got this mask, and he sounded like
1: <laughs> Sean Connery for some reason.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did, and it was like it was like they wanted him to still have that luchador mask look, <laughs> yeah. but. We need. They needed to think of a way where it was more real world. So it's like, let's give him a a breathing mask because Darth Vader is very realistic. <laughs> so I don't know. Which I didn't find as distracting as some people just like wanted to throw their shoe at the screen. <laughs> yeah. They were so angry having to listen to having to listen to this the whole movie, whatever he talked or whatever you know. And some people, a lot of, I'm, I'm not.
1: God, this was some years ago. It was when the movie, when The Dark Knight Rises finally came out on DVD. Uh, <laughs> I had asked somebody at work if they had seen it, and she's like, no, I can't understand what that that, that bald guy in the mask says, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> and
0: I was like, the bald oh, guy in the mask. I was like,
1: oh, okay. Is is it really that hard for people to understand him?
0: I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I didn't find it that hard there was only a few parts in the movie where it was like, kind of like a deterrent to where it kind of hurt the scene because you're focusing so hard on what he said. But otherwise, I don't know. that Out of any of the things I could pick in this movie as problematic, that wasn't really one of them for me. Yeah. <laughs> there were other things that I would pick on as more problematic than that.
1: Yeah, and the thing is you can't blame Tom Hardy for that because that was not his actual voice. Yeah. They uh, kind of like Christian Bale with his, I'm Batman.
0: Yeah, post-production uh, made it a little different than it was. Yeah, Chris. a lot of people blame Christian Bale for the Batman voice, but Christopher Nolan is the one who, who made it more like this? <laughs> yeah, because it gets really bad. There's that one scene when he first confronts the Joker at that dinner party where... He's like, then you're going to love me. Like, when he says that, it just feels like it's blasting. Like, blasting out of the screen at you. And it's just like, yeah, just like they kind of overdid the Batman grab, gravelly thing. Even even worse at certain times, it felt like. But
1: um, You know, at the time, a lot of people overlooked it. But uh, this is for uh, you Game of Thrones fans out there. You do see the actor who plays uh, uh, Littlefinger in the very start of this movie. As a CIA agent who takes these men on his plane in what is one of the coolest action sequences ever shot.
0: Yeah, that, that plane scene at the beginning of this is crazy. Just crazy. That would have been a cool scene. Uh you didn't have the opportunity to see this on IMAX, but that yeah. would have been a cool scene to see on IMAX. But yeah, this in in the 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 word for this movie Christopher Nolan's focusing now was pain you know that everything from Bruce Wayne's knees to the fact that Bane breaks Batman's back um is just dealing with the uh, pain and i think even like emotional pain to a certain extent in this too and having to having to combat, combat that and come through that and uh and again uh it's kind of one of those things where uh this probably isn't your favorite in the trilogy but it doesn't make it a bad movie either you know yeah and so uh yeah i mean it's just it's kind of one of those things where you know when they when they kicked off this with man of steel and they still Christopher Nolan be involved in that i mean you can easily see why this Batman can't be in this new DC universe. It just (laughs) would have been very hard to have such a grounded superhero in the world they're going to be building now, especially when you just see the Suicide Squad trailer. It's like that is way more fantastical (laughs) (laughs) than anything that Christopher Nolan did. And so, you know, it's kind of why they just kind of had to, after we realized, well, we're going to have to recast Batman and kind of start start anew, but the dark this Dark Knight trilogy though is a very well done and just entertaining trilogy to watch. I mean, yeah, there's one there's one that you like better than the others or something, maybe, but they're all very good and very watchable. Yeah. And so
1: For me personally, I think I actually like the Dark Knight Rises more. More than what? More than all three of the movies, uh, any of the other movies? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Is because of Tom Hardy? <laughs> no.
1: As cool as that frock coat looks on him, <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, I forgot about the coat. <laughs> yeah. That is a cool coat.
1: Oh, uh, from uh, this movie, just kind of had a bunch of cool things that caught that I liked about it. Uh, uh, South Dakota having a a famous sports team to take <laughs> on the Gothic. That's Knights. right,
0: the Rapid City Bandits or something.
1: Uh, I think it was the Rapid City monuments. Is what oh there's. yeah,
0: monuments. That's right.
1: Yeah, they're they're white and blue. <laughs> good
0: solid color to have. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was funny. Well, and
1: another thing is um, the scenes with uh, the scenes with Morgan Freeman and Christian Bale. I thought were always really good too.
0: Yeah, as this trilogy went on, they enhanced the Morgan Freeman stuff, and uh, yeah, he was a character that got better and better with what they did with him. So I think they realized that, you know, he just kind of underutilized the first one. He was like the, well, here's the technology for you, cape, you know, and things (laughs) like that. And yes, it comes in black, you know, but, you know, and then they realized that, you know, once he got into Dark Knight, he became kind of like the, you know, is it right that you're doing this type thing? And, you know, he he just kind of developed more of a friendship with Bruce to where, you know it could just they could go deeper with him and of course the dark knight rises yeah you see that even more yeah so
1: and then there's the uh the underground prison that Bruce Wayne is eventually sent to yeah
0: yeah that's an interesting uh interesting sequence and just <laughs> what that yeah with Bruce there and then the history you find out of that pit in terms of Bane's history and yeah and certain other people so
1: yeah, the uh, the broken back part bothers a lot of people, but it's I just kind of I kind of just go with it.
0: Yeah. Uh well, I, the bigger thing with people is how did he get like halfway around the world <laughs> so quickly and and why is there a television in the jail that gets Gotham news except that Bane made it? Yeah. <laughs> happen, I would assume, is probably why there's Gotham News. Bane wanted him to see it. That, so a lot yeah. of people forget that, but uh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I just, I just love the time that he's of this movie where it shows him in, in, in the they call it. Is it the they call it the pit?
0: Yeah, Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't uh, know specifically what oh, it's called. Okay,
1: but you see him training. he uh, kind of to get back in shape because apparently at the start of this movie he wasn't in Batman shape anymore um uh, you see there's him...
0: no rocky montage though <laughs> unfortunately yeah you see uh <laughs> no punching half of a cow or... and then
1: <laughs> and then the score for this movie was really good too yeah yeah probably probably more so than any of the others
0: yeah it could be musically it might be the best in um, what they, you know, using the the Batman theme that was already established, and then just kind of enhancing it with the new stuff, it it was a pretty solid uh, solid soundtrack uh, or film score, I guess would be the more proper term since it's original music. So, which is, I think, in this one was it solely Hans Zimmer? I think it was. I think in the first one is the only one where James Newton Howard and Hans Zimmer did it together. Yeah. And then it was Hans Zimmer just, you know, from then on, I think. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, he did Man of Steel, which I think is one of the the highlights and enhancers of that movie is the, the score for Man of Steel. There's oh, There's yeah. some really good music in that, which is why if you listen to our Man of Steel review, I used it at the end. <laughs> some of it, just because it's it's good Good stuff. So, yeah, but as far as, uh, like I said, uh, it'll just be interesting. You know, it seems like this new Batman is still going to be not so campy. Yeah. <laughs> um, But it will be interesting just to see, like, how this new Batman will fit into this world. And we know it's going to be a world that's going to be a little more fantastical than Christopher Nolan allowed in his universe which I think will be fun to see on screen again. Oh, yeah. Batman taking on a more uh, more motley crew of criminals like Killer Croc and yeah <laughs> things well, like that.
1: Well, growing up, uh, one of my favorite uh, shows to watch on Saturday morning was the Batman animated series. Yeah. And as cool as that show is, we've never seen a Batman being close to the way that Batman was, and I'm hoping
0: it's a little more... I- yeah, it feels like they're leaning more that way, where it's going to be like, it'll still have that kind of moody atmosphere, but there's still going to be, yeah, that kind of like... Where
1: he's a great
0: detective. Yeah, like he's a detective, and there's kind of the more...
1: He has these inventions. That right, and the villains him.
0: maybe are a little outlandish, but at the <laughs> same time, you you know you believe them and things like that. Because it's it's been in the past. Even when it's overly campy... Uh if it's done right, it's it's okay, you know, like uh, a lot of people still hold Spider Man two in high regards. And when you look at that, I mean Doctor Octopus is kind of a ridiculous villain, like <laughs> that these tentacles listen to he can control four other arms with just his human mind is kind of ridiculous, and then they start controlling him and but you're okay with it because the whole overarching story of that movie and the story arc of it is just good. And so we're kind of hoping that maybe we can go more in that direction without going to camp. Yeah. So, yeah. It will be cool to see that. And, uh, again, like I always say, I just hope it's good. <laughs> yeah. I just hope it's good. No matter what they do, as long as it's good, <laughs> that's the main thing. But, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, they're a great three films to watch. Um, it's, if you it, haven't seen them, check them out.
1: As far as trilogies goes, this is definitely, definitely the Godfather of our generation,
0: the Godfather of comic book movies in a yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, except, except the third one doesn't suck. People say it do, does, but it doesn't.
0: People say it do, <laughs> but it ain't. It don't, don't. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah, it it doesn't suck. Yeah, I understand people's qualms with it, but I think if you just kind of. Just watch it for what it is. It's still a really great movie with, you know, you get a lot of good stuff in it. You know, it's hard. I don't know if I'd put suck <laughs> as the word. Um, although I do like the how it should have ended with, uh, oh, with when the woman dies and they're like worst death <laughs> ever guess <laughs> that is kind of hammy. But, um, yeah, Marion Cottard. <laughs> but other than that, still great stuff to watch and and uh, yeah, hopefully. You're excited for Batman v Superman, which uh, we're just realizing is probably going to be our next uh, new movie review. So be looking for that, you know, in the near future after that movie is released. We'll get that out there Um, and hopefully have good things to say about it. But only time will tell. So with that, we'll close out this episode. Um, Remember to subscribe. Give us some feedback. uh, Like us on Facebook. Where we give you updates and things like that. You know, give us your comments or uh questions or ideas or whatever it happens to be. Fan theories, we'll <laughs> take them all. <laughs> Fan theories. Anything like that. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let us hear it. <laughs> yeah. We're okay with it. We're 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 big boys. We can handle it. So yeah, please take advantage of those and thank you for listening and listening to this episode, but just listening to uh just the podcast in general that's awesome we appreciate that don't take it for granted um but yeah we'll just close out this episode then so this is steven and this is dakota have a good night